This is episode number 165 with Danette May. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Mine is Himalaya. For those of you that have not heard of Himalaya, it's an epic brand new podcast app, which has so many awesome and unique features no other podcast app has, like episode and channel playlists. It's free, so easy to find new shows, and is really user-friendly. So head on over to the app or Google Play Store to download it today. Don't forget to follow me once you're done so that you can listen to my episodes one day earlier than they're usually released. Pretty cool, huh? Today's podcast is brought to you by Samina Sleep, which I'm so excited to tell you about. For those of you who've been a long-time listener to my show will know there's a common piece of advice with all the health and wellness experts I've had on, and that is they all highlight the importance of sleep. Getting our eight hours of deep, good quality Zs is so imperative for our body, mind, and spirit. We can all relate to that sluggish, groggy feeling after a bad night's sleep or not enough sleep. You just don't feel like the best version of you. And not only do we spend one third of our life in bed, this is where so much rejuvenation and magic happens. And a Samina sleep system can help make those eight hours even more deep rejuvenating, detoxifying, and healing. You see, our home, and especially our bedroom, should be a wellness sanctuary and as toxic-free as possible. And our beds can contain many toxins such as formaldehyde, synthetic non-breathable materials, and harmful chemicals such as flame retardants. Also, many memory foam mattresses often do not disclose their contents, but have been found to have VOCs, benzenes, and other potentially carcinogenic materials. Gross, huh? Now, the reason I know all of this is because if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that I've recently finished renovating our dream home, which we did as low tox as possible. The paints, the glues, the materials we used were all low tox. And we wanted to make sure that the place that we spend eight hours every single night was as toxic free as possible, which is why we got a Samina sleep system. And another thing I learned doing my research was that most traditional mattresses encourages trapping moisture from your sweat and drool to remain inside so dust mites colonize inside the mattress. That is so gross, huh? 
And also a lot of other beds and mattresses have metal springs and they'll put into the mattress and the bed frame. Now, this was before we had electricity running through the walls, Wi-Fi routers inside our homes and RF devices everywhere. And these metal springs in our mattress and in our bases act like little antennas, attracting that bad frequency to you, to your body, to your cells all night long. So we're basically sleeping on Wi-Fi magnets. Great, huh? So one of the other epic things about Samina is that there are no springs or no metal at all, which means you are safe all night long and you're rejuvenating, you're healing, your detoxification can go even deeper. It's also an epic bed for couples because it has individual back support on each side. It's temperature regulated and it's not too soft. So if you want to take your healing and your sleep to the next level, head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash Samina, S-A-M-I-N-A, to get 10% off your Samina sleep system. And enjoy, soak it up, it is so good. Danette May is one of America's leading health experts and the founder of Mindful Health and the Rise Movement. She's a world-renowned motivational speaker, number one best-selling author of seven health and women's empowerment books, former celebrity fitness trainer, wife and mother. Her rise began after losing her son during childbirth, getting divorced and finding herself with $47 to her name, all one after the other. It was then that she decided to stop being a victim and rewrite her story. She began to focus on the three pillars of healing. And these three pillars form the foundation of every product and program that she's created since then. With this simple philosophy, she transformed her life from having $47 to her name and operating as a single mother to owning a $20 million business helping women around the world. She now has global following, including a 1.5 million active email list, 1.5 million followers on Facebook and over 100 million views on her Facebook Lives. Through her programs, she's helped millions of people step into radical self-love with a healthier body and mind. And she's had over 500,000 copies of her free DVD, Flat Belly Fast, which has helped women gain hope and learn how to follow a simpler healthy lifestyle plan to lose excess weight around their bellies and step into awe-inspiring confidence. Over 2 million women follow her daily message on social media. Her impactful mission is simple yet profound. She has a unique ability for taking you to the next level by sharing unique strategies to construct the life of your dreams, to stand fully in your power and to live out your genius. You guys are going to love today's episode because we chat about her transformational story and how she got to where she is today, how she moved through those darkest periods of her life, 
her powerful three pillars for health and happiness, how to cultivate self-love, why forgiveness is so powerful and how to truly forgive to free yourself, how to transform your life, how to surround yourself with inspiring people, how to call in your soul sisters, how to call in your soul mate, the power of visualization, plus so much more. And for everything that Danette and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 165. But before we dive into this epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this comes from Essentially Monique and it is titled Amazing with Five Stars. And she says, Ah, I'm so glad I have found Melissa and her awe-inspiring podcast show. It has literally been life-changing for me and I'm well and truly on my way to being the best and truest me. I love the holistic and individual take on health and absolutely love seeing Eastern and natural practices being combined with Western medical knowledge. To me, it's perfect. And not only do I resonate with the information from her guests, I have learned so much. So thank you, thank you, love and light, Monique. Thank you, Monique, for that beautiful review. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're getting so much out of it. It's so awesome to hear. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, make sure you head on over to iTunes and leave me your five-star review right now. And without further ado, let's dive in. Let's bring on the amazing Danette May. Danette, it is so great to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Well, hello, everybody. Yes, I'll share with you what I had for breakfast. So today I knew it was going to be amazing, crazy, packed day. So I ended up making a green smoothie with full of superfoods. I tend to do this on days where I feel like I'm going to need extra energy, extra grounding. So it was loaded with like berries, lots of leafy green veggies, and then I put spirulina in it. I put a little bit of superfood greens in there and half a banana and ice and blended it up and good to go. Oh, yum Oh. Now, we have a mutual friend, Lori Harder, and I've heard Lori talk about you and you're in her book. And then I got sent your book and I devoured it in a few days because I was so hooked on your story. So can you please tell us your story and how you got to where you are today doing the incredible work that you now do? Well, okay. So before I can go to what my story is like that's an interesting question because where I'm at today like I want to share because I feel like I'm on a mission to invite people into vulnerability and radical self-love and I feel like I want to be really unapologetic about where I am today because then I can share where I've been and why I'm super grateful and unapologetic about it is because of where I've been and the choices I've made. So for me today, I'm actually loving what I'm doing. I get to wake up every day and run this business called Mindful Health and I Rise Organics, where we have 68 full-time employees. And we're basically inspiring women around the world to rise up into the fullest expression of who they are and into self-love. 
through healing foods, healing movement, and a healing mindset. And I'm so grateful because it is exactly what I know I'm meant to do on this planet. But I have to say, uh, to be really grateful for today, you know, it was literally like five, six, seven years ago, I was sleeping on the floor, single mom, had lost my son, had $47 to my name that I had found in couches and drawers, and had a head full of negativity around where I was going, how did I get here, the financial ruin, the worthlessness I felt. And that was my reality not very long ago. And that's why I'm just so grateful for where I am today. Yeah, for someone who's really stuck right now, maybe they're experiencing one of the things that you've went through, whether it's a loss or you've went through divorce, health issues, only having $47 in your bank. How can they move through it? What can they do today to start taking inspired action to help themselves get out of that darkness? Because often when we're in that darkness, it feels so all-encompassing. But what can they do? Like, what did you do to help you take those first steps to get out of that? Yeah. So first off, what I need to tell everyone who's in that darkness, because it's really hard to listen to someone (laughs) that you feel is successful and that you feel like they they don't understand it. Because I literally didn't know what to feed my kids. Like, I can totally talk to anyone who's in a darkness when it comes to financial ruin feeling lonely, feeling like you're like, I don't know where I'm going to go. So the first thing you have to do is take radical responsibility that you got yourself there. And that sounds really harsh because, you know, a lot of people could have said, oh, it was your ex that got you there. It was XYZ that got you there. And you might be feeling the same thing, but it wasn't until, and I'm going to be a little harsh with people because I really want you on the other side of this, is that unless I took radical responsibility that I got myself there, I wouldn't be able to make the decisions to get myself out. And so it's making the decision that you are responsible and two, that you're no longer going to play the victim, that you're going to rise up into action. The third thing is to not wait for motivation. You will not feel motivated. So that is a big illusion that people dive into all the day, all the time. People will ask me all the time, how are you so motivated? How, like, like I have some fancy motivation gene that they just missed out on. (laughs) I'm like, no, do not wait for motivation because you will, it will, you'll be waiting for a really long time. (laughs) Motivation is created. Motivation is momentum. And so for me, what I ended up doing was changing three things. And granted, some days I was better at other you know, one of the three things better than the other, but I started with making sure I was eating healing foods. And I still do this to this day because it's power. And then healing movement, I made sure I moved my body because I was noticing that I was a great stuffer of emotions, like really good at stuffing down all the emotions and hiding it inside myself. Whereas movement makes you pull it all out and makes you face it. And then third thing was change my mental zip code. I was operating in a zip code of negativity. I was basically creating my life through my mental zip code. So I needed to change that to positivity, to hope, to a new paradigm. And so I really wrote down all these words of affirmations and I read them every single day. Mm, Beautiful. I love your three pillars, the healing foods, healing movement, and healing mindset. I love these. They're so simple. So for someone who's like, okay, I want to implement these three pillars for health and happiness, healing foods, healing movement, healing mindset, where do I start? Let's start with healing foods. Like 
what is the first thing that people can do? Okay, so I want to make it really, really simple because as a society, we like to complicate it, which also gives us an excuse not to do it because it just becomes too complicated. So I want to give you one thing you can do a day and just focus on that. And that is like what I did this morning, like something living. So every day, just make a conscious decision that I'm going to eat something living. So for me, what I do, which is so simple, like I every morning before I go and stumble my way to the coffee maker, I make myself warm lemon water. Now we know on a scientific level, this balances your pH levels. It balances your hormones, therefore giving you more energy. But also on a psychological level, it gives you this like, I know I'm going to honor myself mentality. So that's one thing I do every day. And that's so simple. Everyone can do that. Just warm, half squeeze of fresh lemon into warm water. Voila, you're good to go. The other thing I do is just making sure I get something green. So I do, I choose green because green is like that life force. So if you look out at trees, they're green. You look at plants, they're green. So just get something green in one time per day and make that conscious choice. And all it takes is that shift of focus is I'm going to choose something healthy. It takes away the drama of I have to eat right, or I have to eat for a diet, or I have to do all these XYZs perfectly, which is so made up. Just focus on that. And I promise the rest of the decisions will lay themselves out. All right. And then what about the healing movement? What can we do there? Okay. The healing movement. So once again, we tend to believe the different rules that society places out there, like Every gym you go to, if you go around the world, there's our workout classes. So somewhere in our psychological being, we think that an hour is the magic number for a good workout. That is such a lie. We know that you can get even a better workout in 10 minutes, all depending on what you do and your intention. (laughs) So, And also, there's no right or wrong way to work out. Whatever floats your boat. So go out and hike, swim, dance, you know... Zumba, whatever the thing is, like go experiment. And if it lights you up and you get done and you go, man, that felt good. That's your mode. That's your invitation to do that movement. Oh, I love that. Okay. So finding the thing that lights you up, whatever it is, finding it and doing that every day. Mm -hmm. I love in the book, you shared how you were in such a deep, dark place, you know, deep, dark depression. And it wasn't until you started this healing movement that it started to lift, that dark cloud started to lift. And I know for me, sometimes I can feel so funky and so icky, and then I'll go for a walk and that mood instantly lifts. You you know, never underestimate how powerful healing movement and just getting outside in nature and moving your body is. It is so powerful. Yeah. And we know on a scientific level that Movement actually shifts your bio state quicker than anything else, quicker than meditation, quicker than smiling. Movement does this. So that's why if you're in a funk, go out and move. Mm, I love that. Yep. So inspiring. Get your tush outside and moving. All right. The third pillar, which is healing mindset. Let's talk about this because this can often be the most challenging for a lot of people, especially if you've got a very loud inner mean girl, I call it, that voice inside your head that's just so loud and fear-based and planting these limiting seeds of doubt all the time. So how can we have a healing mindset? Yeah. So the 
first thing is, is that you have to recognize that it's not going to happen typically overnight. This shift in your reality based off what you speak to your soul or what you speak out loud. But what we do know scientifically, and I want to go back to the scientific piece to it so that people really get it. So what we do know, we've taken molecules of water, we've taken molecules of food particles, which every piece of food is made up of water. And actually our bodies are 70% water. And we found that by just speaking negativity to certain food particles that have the same amount of sunlight, they're in the same containers. If you speak negativity to it, it's going to mold. And then the one that you speak positivity to, it doesn't do anything. And the one that you ignore just slightly molds. So we know the power of words on a contained piece of food. It's powerful. This is molecular. This is energy. And you are an energy being. And so it's really important to just recognize that first and foremost. And then, of course, you're going to have negativity. I have negativity. It's not like it never leaves. (laughs) It's just that you get to choose to combat it with the truth. And for me, I took about a page and a half and wrote out, and you, anyone can do this. I wrote out all the things I wanted. I wanted to see like my biggest dreams and all the different categories, relationship, money, career, you know, fun times, give back, all the things I really wanted to create, the kind of mom I wanted to be. And then I took that list and I put the word I am in front of it. And the word I am has a vibrational frequency as well, which they've hooked up that word. And the word love has a vibrational frequency as well. There's a lot of words that do. But anyway, I just made a commitment. It was a non-negotiable that every time I was in a funk, I would read this paper. And it was crazy at some days because at the beginning, it was like every 15 minutes. And now I just read it morning and night. Mm, Beautiful. And it's had a powerful effect, hasn't it? So I believe at the heart of everything, like every decision that we make and every how we show up in the world, I believe that at the heart of everything is self-love. In order for us to live our truest life, we've got to have this overflowing sense of self-love. But for so many people, that seems like such a pipe dream. So tell us about self-love for you and your self-love journey and how we cultivate more self-love. Like, how do we do it? So yeah, I agree with people. Like self-love just feels like such a big word and like going nowhere. Like you're like, okay, what does that even mean? Does that mean bubble baths and massages? Because that's not working. (laughs) So I want to like really let people know I get it. (laughs) Like I understand it's way more than bubble baths and massages. That's all part of it, but it's not the end all be all. So for me, it's really diving into the shadow work. For me, ultimate self-love is forgiveness. For me, ultimate self-love is living in alignment with my soul's calling and not what the world wants from me, not what has ROI, what seems good, but what my soul's asking me to do. And when I step into that, wow, that's an avenue for me to step more into self-love. I feel like unstoppable. I feel freedom. When I let go of resentment and I offer up forgiveness, that is an act of self-love. When I offer forgiveness for myself, that's an act of self-love. When I look at others and I'm judging, and I'm, and when I say the word judgment, it's like that visceral feeling of like, that is so annoying. Why that person doing that? Or why is that happening in the world? 
when you feel a visceral feeling inside your being of judgment, really looking at that because that is also your invitation to more self-love. You can start to look at why am I triggered by that for one and where in my life there's a possibility I could be acting as in in the same behavior. And as you do that, that's an act of self-love. And I find judgment is a direct conduit to more self-love. I find that vulnerability is also a direct conduit to more self-love. The more vulnerable I'm willing to get, I have vulnerability hangover all the time. Me too. And I recognize that every time I do it and I step into it and I deal with the vulnerability hangover, it's just one step closer down the road to more self-love. And so I'm just giving you examples because so it's such a grandiose idea and there's so many avenues to step into more self-love right? Turning off everything and just being in your own stillness, getting out in nature. All of those are forms of really deep self-love work. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I can totally relate. I have vulnerability hangovers all the time. You know, when my first book came out, I didn't sleep for a whole week before it was launched. And same with my second book. I didn't sleep. I had such bad anxiety. I would wake up in the middle of the night. I would roll over to my husband and I would say to him, did I really share that story? And he's like, yeah, baby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. And and I would just feel that fear and know that it's okay. And I think a lot of people feel this and they just don't know how to label it. And I know for me that when I feel that vulnerability hangover, it means it's important. It means that, you know, whatever I have to say matters and it's it's going to help somebody else. So lean into it. Like Brene Brown says, like lean into that vulnerability, feel that uncomfortableness and and go forward anyway, because vulnerability connects us and we are designed for connection and intimacy. But if we're kind of living this Instagram facade, like this, you know, hype reel that our life is perfect and we don't let anybody in and we don't go deep with anybody, then we're never going to feel that deep, intimate connection that we as humans all crave. And vulnerability breaks down that barrier and allows us to connect and create intimate relation and fulfilling relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I agree so much. And it feels so good to hear another sister say that she had massive anxiety about what she shared in her book, because I think I'm still in it. and I'm still processing this vulnerability hangover. <laughs> it, it does go away. It does go away. So your book title is called The Rise, An Unforgettable Journey of Self-Love, Forgiveness and Transformation. So I want to talk a little bit more about forgiveness, like because a lot of people struggle with this. Why is forgiving others who may have hurt us in the past and ultimately forgiving ourselves for anything, you know, whether we overate or whether we didn't go to the gym, for everything, why is it so important and how do we actually do it? What are the steps? Well, forgiveness is a... So I want to back up a little bit because words can get in the way of us really understanding what someone means. So for you, if you, for someone listening right now and you hear the word forgiveness and you're like, oh, I hate that word. And a lot of people will fill that word with even God or there's other trigger words out there. And I believe forgiveness is one of them. Maybe try on a different word because the word I'm bringing to the conversation right now is a word that is really offering up you freedom is really releasing the chains 
to someone who has hurt you, releasing the chains that you are still allowing them to have a grip on you. And I'm also going to talk deeper than just feeling guilty or feeling bad for what you ate or didn't do a workout. There is so much trauma in the world. And I just put on my 1500 person women's event. And one of the speakers asked the women to stand up who had had sexual abuse happen in their life. And 84% of the women stood up. Wow. And I could not believe my eyes. I could not believe my eyes. And it was also this knowing because the rise was about radical forgiveness. The rise was about releasing the pain that you've been holding on to with the thought, with the with just this baggage of remembering and being so angry about it. And and it's really about releasing those chains so that you can rise up into your fullest expression, turning that pain into your gift, turning that pain and changing it into love because it's not about wronging the right. It's not about sweeping it under the rug. It's about truly letting yourself rise, about letting those stories, those feelings, the same visceral thoughts come in, the body visceral feelings you get when you think of this person or you see this person so that you can be free, so that you can rise up and focus on other things. And that is really why I believe forgiveness is the greatest act of self-love. And I also think it's the most important piece to all of our fullest expressions, our fullest rise in this lifetime. Mm, I absolutely agree. And I often choose not to use the word forgiveness because I feel like when I say that I have to forgive someone, I am then judging the situation as wrong or right. So I'm saying they're wrong and I'm right. So what I've done in the past is if there has been pain around a particular situation or a person is just allowing myself to let it go and soften. And I visualize myself like wrapping the situation in like a balloon and then letting that go, letting it go, letting it like go up into the air and letting it go and then softening toward that person or that situation. And I'm a very visual person. I, you know, visualizing that has really helped me with this whole forgiveness, letting go, softening and surrendering around these past traumatic experiences or events that have really been holding me back. Mm, That's beautiful. For me, I had to do a lot of visualization of seeing the person and asking and telling and just trying to look in their eyes, like on a visual level, just in my own mind and go there and, and, and offer love and really try to see what's behind the pain of why they inflicted the pain. Because here's the deal. People in pain cause pain. So I really wanted to get to the underbelly of the pain that this person was in to cause the pain that they did for me. And that really helped. Mm, Yeah, I always say hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And when you remember that, when someone wrongs or hurts you, you can have this softness towards them. Because for someone to hurt somebody else, they must be hurting within themselves. We have to remember that. And, you know, I look, you know, reading your story, you have been through so much, you know, losing a child, having $47, nowhere to live, no money, no job, no, you know, going through a divorce, being on the end of your last tether. You really have transformed your life. And for someone listening who 
might be at the end of their rope as well and they know that transformation is on the other side, like where can they start? Mm. So when you were describing this, I have this visual of a trapeze, you know, like you watch those trapeze artists where they're swinging on one side and then they let go and they go to the other thing. And there's always this gasp from the audience because you're like, oh my gosh, are they going to grab the other side? And that's kind of the magic sweet spot. And you kind of mentioned, you said the end of your rope. I haven't heard that term in a long time, but I loved the visual I just had when you said it because it's like you're at the end of that rope. You're at the end of that trapeze and it's time to jump to a new one. It's time. And it's knowing that that's not the only rope out there. And it's knowing that there is another trapeze or rope to grab a hold on. But you get to create what that looks like. And there are certain steps. And I don't. I want to be careful when I say these steps because it doesn't mean it's the end all be all. I'm just going to share from my perspective and also from what I've shared with millions of my followers that has helped them and hopefully helps the person who's listening to this today, but is one, you know, I just, I had mentioned earlier, but I cannot stress enough radical responsibility. Too many of us are playing victim and I'm not going to serve this up with warm cookies and milk because it's just not going to serve anyone. I really want people to understand that you create your reality. You really create your reality. So stepping into everyday visualization of what you want to create and watching your language, watching the words you're speaking out loud. If you're with friends, are you saying, oh, I'm surviving? Well, you're just going to get more surviving. Uh, I can't, I just barely, I just got to get to the end of the week. You're always just going to get to the end of the week, right? Like start speaking the words that are going to call in more into your life. I'm thriving. I'm prosperous. I am divine light. You know, start speaking the truth to who your essence is. And one other thing is get rid of people in your life. And I'm sorry to be so harsh with this, but I have to be for some of you because you're just not getting the message, but you've got to be willing to move away from people that are standing in the same conversations that are not willing to own responsibility for their lives, who are going to stay in negativity. You've got to get radical with that. And I remember in my process, of being so radical with myself that I was going to this amazing hairdresser, right? Like I have long blonde hair. My hair is kind of a big deal. Right? <laughs> I was going to this really good hairdresser, but I was so committed to my growth. I, she, every time I went in there, her and the other hairdresser would just gossip and they would tell the most horrendous stories about people. And it made me feel really bad. And I ended up leaving that hairdresser to go to a different one just because I was so committed to only surrounding myself with positive people. That is a big deal, really big deal, <laughs> especially when you find a really good hairdresser and you have to go and find someone else. It's huge. Yes. You've got to be that way. Oh, You've got to yeah. be more committed to your environment than your hair or how you look or if you're going to say the right thing or if you're going to get invited to that party. You've got to be committed. Totally agree with you. I am all about surrounding myself with such high integrity people and removing myself from the situations where there's bitching or gossiping. It's just low vibe and does not serve anybody. But what about for someone listening who is thinking, oh my gosh, okay, I know this person, this person, but they're family members. Then what do you do? 
<laughs> well, I was in that same situation. <laughs> and that is the hardest one, especially if you have this massive loyalty gene inside of you. But here's the reason why it's so important is because they have the most influence on you. And it's so powerful, their influence. And so you have to be very, very careful. And it doesn't, here's the deal. This is kind of a visualization I see a lot is that we have this door of transformation, right? We're trying to get to the other side. We want to start manifesting more dreams, get out of debt. We want to like get into these amazing relationships. We want to like, there's all these things, right? And you got to go through the door to get to the other side. And so many of us are like stacking on family members because we don't want to leave them. And so we're like putting them on our shoulders, wrapping one around one hip, around the other hip, one's dragging on the legs. And you're like, okay, we're going through this door. We're all doing this together. And they don't, they're not walking. So you're carrying them and you don't fit through the door. You can't physically fit through the door because you've packed so many people and usually it's family members. (laughs) And so you're never going to get through that door to your transformation. And so it's time to let those people go for just a season, just for a moment. It doesn't mean forever for some of you. It just means you can't ever invite anyone through that door unless you go through it yourself. And so walk through that door, start stepping into the truth of who you are, start proclaiming your rights and your divinity. And only then can you be like, hey, who wants to come in here single file? (laughs) Look what I see. And then operating from a really beautiful space of love. Mm, That's so powerful. I think you have to also look at, you know, in particular when it's a family member, you know, all of this guilt that arises within you when you have chosen to, say, remove yourself from that situation for a season. And that was something that I really had to look at, like all of this lineage, DNA, you know, family passed down from generation to generation that I, that I should, you know, I should be around that person because they're quote unquote family. And I had to really sit with the guilt that was arising within me and really look at that. And that's my responsibility. And like you spoke about before, I had to take radical responsibility for that, that was coming up. And I really dove into it and really unpacked it. And when I was able to let that guilt go, I freed myself. I was able to then choose whether I wanted to be in that room with that person or or not. And, you know, it's a lot of dogma and a lot of stigma around the whole family thing. But I think you have to come back to what's your truth and do you want to surround yourself with that energy or put yourself in that fire, so to speak? And if the answer is no, then you have to honor that. You really do have to honor that. So I really want to encourage people to just, this isn't about dumping people or judging people or breaking up with friends or partners over text. It's just about becoming aware of how you're feeling when you're in their presence and then consciously choosing to maybe not put your energy there and go put your energy over there with that person who does want to speak about life and and not bitch and not gossip. So it's just about really being conscious and aware and mindful about where you want to place your energy. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. And I think too, is just really look at your intention. 
because intention is ultimately everything, right? So if your intention is to offer love to whatever family member or friend and say, hey, I love you, but right now my intention is to grow. I need to take care of myself. I need to be my greatest hero. I need to be my best friend right now. And so I've got to have these other conversations. That takes a lot of drama out because you're just setting the intention that I'm not leaving you. I'm not judging you. And maybe you are leaving for a season and that's okay, but you're doing it from the intention of love for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that ever. Mm, Absolutely. So let's talk about soul sisters and those relationships. (laughs) I get asked this so much. How do I find my tribe? How do I surround myself with soul sisters? And I love the story of how you did it in your book, but let's give the listeners some really practical things on how they can cultivate more beautiful soul sister relationships. Well, here's the deal. Lori's book that we talked about Lori at the beginning of this podcast, and she wrote that book, A Tribe Called Bliss, is all based around our mastermind. And that mastermind started based off a visualization I did. So I can only speak from what I did because I had no soul sisters. I had no physical sisters in this world. I was raised with all brothers and I had alienated myself from girls. Like I just had the story in my head. I didn't need girls. Like I was a tomboy. I didn't, that wasn't my cup of tea. Like I really made up this story that I did not need girls in my life. And I was reading in Jack Canfield's success principles where he was talking about the power of, you know, community, a power of mastermind. And and also just if you wanted a balanced life, you do need that community. I realized I'm like, I'm starting to acquire a lot of things, but I don't have like sisters. Like I don't have friends really. Like if I needed something, I don't really have anyone to call. (laughs) And that was like unsettling to me. I was like, wow, I get to recreate that. So I started visualizing, and this is what I wanted to tell people is that I didn't know Lori Harder. I didn't know Lindsay. I had met them maybe in a 10 second high conversation. And Lindsay, I had met who never even knew Lori. I met over a smoothie, right? So like, it was just like a quick conversation. And then they all live in different parts of the world. And so I just started visualizing. And here's what I do know, you guys, is like when you start to visualize, and it's not like you're visualizing a certain person, but you're visualizing what you're trying to create as if it's happening. You will receive information. You will get hits of inspiration about what, like, for example, I'm visualizing this is what I want. I want sisters. This is how I want it to look. This is how I want it to feel. And then one day out of the blue, it's like, you should start a mastermind and you should invite Lori. I'm like, Lori, like I've never even had a conversation really with her. And then it was like, and Lindsay. (laughs) So it's like you get a, it's almost like a hit. You might be walking, you might be working out, you might be eating and all of a sudden their name will pop in your head and you'll know the tie to that visualization you were having. And so that's your hit. That's your knowing. And you're like, okay. (laughs) And I remember being so scared. And that's the thing too. So one, visualize. Two, honor the hits. When I say the hits, it's like the names that come up, honor it. And then three, you have to step into the fear because trust me, I was like, they could easily be like, uh, hell no. (laughs) Like, I don't even know you. (laughs) Why would I want to do a mastermind with you? And, but I just, I really literally reached out to both of them. And I was like, you don't know the other girl, but I would like to invite you to a mastermind. (laughs) And I'd like to do it every other week. And would you be in? 
And they both said yes. And so you don't know. Some They might say no, and that's okay too. Be prepared for that too. But if you're visualizing, that right person will say yes. And just honor the names that come up in your mind. Mm, I love that so much. And so brave of you. You know, that's very courageous to reach out to these two women who you have barely had more than a conversation with and to say, hey, I really would love to do a mastermind with you. And I've had Lori on the show twice. So you guys can check out both of those episodes. She came on for a relationship goals episode with her husband, Chris, and then she came on again to celebrate her book, Tribe. And I highly recommend going back and listening to both of those episodes because Lori is so good at cultivating tribe. She's just really, really good at it. So I found as well for me, one of the best things to cultivate more beautiful soul sister relationships is to be the type of soul sister that I desire. Mm -hmm. That's an amen. (laughs) Yes. Totally. So if you know, whatever I wanted to create in friendships, in my soul sister relationships, I had to embody that first, okay, and show up first. And then I think with a lot of relationships, you know, I always say the relationship is like a plant, you know, if you want it to grow and thrive, you've got to water it. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And the more love and energy and attention and sunlight that you give it, it's going to grow and flourish into something really beautiful. And the thing I love about yours and Lori's and Lindsay's mastermind, you meet every second Thursday, I think it is. And I know that that sounds really stalkerish, but it's so not. I only know because of the books. <laughs> But, you know, you guys are consistently showing up. You're consistently watering that relationship and putting in the energy and the time and the love and nurturing it. And I think that's really important. So for me, you know, my advice is be the type of soul sister that you want to do and then invest time into those relationships. My best friendships, my best relationships, are with women who are equally as invested into my relationship as as I am, in our relationship as I am. You know, it's not one-sided and I think everything is energy. And I have definitely been in relationships where I have been like pouring all of this energy and all of this love and it's not been reciprocated and we don't give to get back, but there needs to be like an energetic flow. And if you're constantly like giving and trying and and that other person's just like meeting you with crickets, like absolute nothing, then maybe you need to go and water another plant or or pour your energy somewhere else where that energetic flow is happening a little bit more effortlessly. Do you agree? Yeah, you decide how people are going to treat you. And if you're being an amazing friend and from your perspective, like showing up for them then you tell people how you they get to treat you. So if they're not doing the same, then it's not probably your tribe because ultimately tribe means, I don't care what their status is, tribe is people who have you, who will catch you when you fall, will celebrate with you. I'm sure as you and a lot of people listening, I, like, I'm freaking busy. I have two kids, I'm married, I'm running a huge empire. But if Lindsay and Lori text me and they need me, 
And we have this code, like you can send a certain emoji and that means they're in it. Like they're in the funk, defunct. (laughs) And I drop whatever the heck I'm doing to be there for them. And nothing like, even if I'm like talking to some massive celebrity, I'd be like, hey, my friend needs me right now. Like that's how committed I am to tribe. And I believe that that's what everyone deserves ultimately, but you've got to make sure that people treat you that way and that you're showing up that same way as well. Yeah, we do. We don't do an emoji like with some of my best girlfriends. We do an SOS and that stands for um, Sister (laughs) of Support. That's awesome. SOS. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'll get like a little SOS and I'm like, right, cool. You know, that that means for me, like I'm going to stop what I'm doing and go for a walk outside and call that friend. Or if I'm in the same city, you know, have a catch up. But otherwise, you know, they might just like send me a message and say, I tried to call you, no rush, like just whenever you get a chance, let's let's book in a, I call them solely chats, like let's book in a solely chat for the end of this week or something like that, but no emergency, you know? And so it's really important, like have that little code or dialogue. Maybe you have an emoji, maybe you do the sister of support, SOS, when you're really needing that support because we don't have to do this thing called life on our own. We mm-hmm. don't have to do it like, having soul sisters and coaches and therapists and mentors, whatever, I wouldn't be where I am today without all of my mentors and coaches and therapists. They have, and my friends, they have really held space for me and helped me and shone light on areas that maybe were a little bit dark for me and helped me transform. So please don't Feel like you have to do this alone. Like get support if that is what is true for you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Another thing I loved in your book is is the love story that you shared. It was so beautiful. And, you know, it hasn't always been a love story for you. So can you share a little bit about your journey with your ex-husband, your divorce, and now your soulmate? Because Another thing I get asked a lot is, how do I call in my soulmate? How do I find my one? And then once I'm in that relationship, how do I be a good partner? So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. On calling in your soul partner? <laughs> is that the question? Yeah, yeah. Share about your your journey with it and, and how you called in your soulmate. Well, it's interesting because I did this work first and then I've had people come to me too and we're like, like really, really successful people that I'm like, hey, like we, you know, they would help me with something in business and I'd be like, okay, what what can I help you with? And they would like in private be like, Tanette, I want a partner, like this desire to not do life alone. And they're like, how do I do it? And I'm like, can I share with you this tool that works for me? And I have helped call in lots of relationships for my closest friends. And I, I find this fascinating. It's not because I have some magic trick. It's because I know of this form of visualization and meditation that is freaking powerful. And I'm going to share it. And I haven't actually shared it on a podcast before. So this is kind of weird. I'm kind of tapping in to make sure I'm supposed to share it. Here's the deal. Like I'm going to, I'm going to back up before I share like too much of it. I'm going to share what you can do right now, which is the first thing. It's the same as calling in any sister. Everything that you're calling in, whether it's financial freedom, whether it's a relationship, whether it's health goals, it all really starts with the first fundamental basis. And that's honesty with yourself. 
So being honest with how you got to where you're at right now so that you can create a new reality. And then two, visualizing. Of course, if you're calling in a partner, you're calling in a friend, you need to show up as that person. If you're trying to call in a sexy man, you better be bringing on your sexy game. You better like live up to the standard you're calling in. Does that make sense? You're trying to get somebody ambitious, somebody who will provide like you have to live within alignment and integrity with what you're calling in. I really believe that. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean that they have to be perfect. So there's grace with that. But it's like really live to the standard that you're calling in. And most people are calling in an emotion. They're calling in, I want to feel loved. I want to have fun. I want to laugh. I want to share my fun experiences with people. We'll be that for someone else too. Be light. Be fun. You know, like don't be so heavy. Anyway, so that's the first thing. And then visualize. So I cannot stress enough the power of visualization, you guys. I think it's gets used a lot, but holy bananas. It's what's created my whole life. The life I get to live today anyway. And so I I really recommend just call it like visualizing. And then I'm going to share with you how you call it in. So first you have to visualize. First you have to sit in visualization every day and it doesn't have to be long. Like it can be literally three minutes, three minutes. That's all it takes. (laughs) Just sit there and like take your mind to the space between your two eyes and really visualize like what is that person doing? What are you guys doing together? How do they make you feel when you're in their presence? And really like see it and feel it for three minutes. Like if you want to go longer because it's so freaking juicy, go longer. But just see that every day and feel that every day. And then what comes from that is once again, you might get a hit of someone's name. Or you might get asked to do something with somebody. You don't necessarily think it's something for connection. but you're asked to go meet with somebody or you're asked to do a business meeting with someone like take those, donate those offers. Cause you never know because the universe is lining up everything based off your visualization. So being really aware of that. So then the other thing I did is called Joppa meditation. Now this is from Wayne Dyer. I learned it from Wayne Dyer and I've called in a lot of things through this meditation And that is basically using this awe sound. So for those of you who have monkey mind, like I do, like sometimes it's hard for me to like get out of my own thoughts when I'm meditating. This is really powerful because that sound is so loud that it kind of drowns out your thoughts because all you can hear is sound, right? Your whole brain fills up with the sound, but it's the sound of awe. So it's like, like loud awe sound until you can't say the awe sound anymore. Then you take a deep breath and then repeat it. So it's, I'm going to do it for you guys because I'm going to be vulnerable, but it's like this, uh, like coming from your throat. But as you do this, you're visualizing exactly what you're calling in, almost as if your sound is grabbing it and pulling it down into your throat, down into your heart, down into your being. And you, you can do this for 10 minutes. You can do this for 15 minutes. I know Wayne Dyer recommended 20 minutes. I didn't always hit 20 minutes. And granted, this will make you feel vulnerable because I have done this. many places. And I usually get made fun of people are like, what the heck are you doing? But it's so powerful. Like it's so, so powerful. Mm, I'm definitely going to be trying that. (laughs) Now, what do you attribute your success to? Everybody's definition of success is very different. What do you attribute all your success to? Mm, There's a lot of things. I couldn't say one. I am not self-made. I um, took radical responsibility for myself and I called in certain people to help me. And I called in a higher power 
I called within myself. I didn't look outside myself for all the answers. I looked within myself. That is the biggest advice I can give anyone is that we're so busy Googling. We're so busy asking for advice. We're so busy reading a million books, scrolling through social, comparing. And if we would just get quiet and get into the visualization, you know, the how will present itself. You're, you're smart. You, you have internal wisdom. You have ancestors coursing through your DNA and it's that knowing. And so a lot of the business decisions I've made have been from my own inner knowings. Friendships, obviously, that I've made have been through inner knowings, not Googling it, not asking other people, are they a good person? It's me tapping in and going, in my stillness, does this feel right for me? Does this feel in alignment? And so I think that's been really the biggest role to my success is that stillness that I'm willing to go into every single day. Mm, Beautiful. What's one thing that's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? Mm. Oh, I was going to say something that would be so cliche and I had to back up because I was like, actually, that's not true. It's actually really hard for me. You know, it's funny, the the thing that brings me my most success is also the hardest for me is that non-doing in that stillness. I'm a doer. I'm a duct tape girl. Like I am gritty. I will figure things out and I'm learning right now. And so I'm going to say it's my greatest joy just because I want it to be my greatest joy. And I believe in that power of words. So I'm going to say it, but it's also my biggest challenge is really stepping in. So I'm in a new season for the next six weeks of trying to work two days a week only. And the other days, there's no agenda. There's no to-do list. There's no, there's a nothingness. And really being aware of what comes up in that nothingness, because I do believe this is going to be my greatest work right now as I transition into my next rise. Mm, Can you teach me, please? How how do you do that? (laughs) Well, I had a goal to start last week and I failed miserably. So Melissa, I'm still learning. (laughs) Please teach me, Danette. I, please, please teach me. Well, that's also why, because like I'm getting asked to like speak at Nelson Mandela's home in a week and a half and speak to these leaders. And I'm being called to this. Right. And I'm like, who am I to teach on all the different dimensions of who we are when I this is one dimension I'm not awesome at. And this is actually a lot of the dimensions a lot of us leaders live in is that fear of not being enough when we're not in the doing and that fear of our not being significant in our non-doing. And I'm facing it head on. I'm going to just really feel it and face it because until I do, who am I to really offer any wisdom and advice around it? Mm, I'm going through the same thing with my psychotherapist at the moment. Literally, who am I without the doing and the achieving and the books and the speaking? It's full on. (laughs) (laughs) What is one thing that you're working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? Would you say it's that being okay with the non-doing? Yeah, for me, it is. It's not okay with the non-doing. I think that's the wrong language. It's it's the loving myself just as much in my doing as in my non-doing. Beautiful. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides your book, what is one book that you would choose? 
Oh, I love books, Melissa. This is a hard question. I love, love books. I'm going to say two of them. I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to say Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Yes. Or Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. Mm-hmm. Louise Hayes, You Can Heal My Heal Your Life was, was my life-changing book. Mm-hmm. It was so powerful. All right. They're both great. And we'll link to those in the show notes. And we'll also link to your book, of course. We'll put that in the show notes. So anyone who wants to get any of those amazing books. But I'd love to hear now, talk us through your morning routine. I absolutely love hearing about how people prime themselves for the day, how your day flows. But in particular, can you talk us through your morning routine? Uh, Yes. I want to preface this by saying I always hated watching the YouTube videos where people would be like, this is my morning routine. And it looks so relaxed and calm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got kids running around, kids crying about missed socks, their pants don't fit, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, when, is, when are we going to get real here? But <laughs> I'm going to back up. So that is a lot of my morning is a lot of hustle and bustle on school days with kids. Like my oldest leaves at 7 a.m. and then my next leaves at 8.15. So there's like this whole window of production going on, right? But what I've done is I've decided to get up earlier then I know my youngest will get up because she gets up fairly early. So I have to get up really early. I have to get up around 5.30 (laughs) to do this morning routine, which looks like peace and feels like peace is I go and get fresh lemon water. And then I sit down and I literally look, because I am blessed enough to live on top of a mountain. So I see these beautiful sunrises. So I just take a moment and just be in awe at nature. I'm really blessed to have that opportunity right now in my life just to have the view that I do. But beyond that, whether you have that or not, I sit into what I call soul writing. And I do this every morning. And it is so delicious. (laughs) It's just like has taken my relationships, my business, everything to the next level because I sit and I write at the very top of the pages, what would you have me know? And I really come with the intention that I'm going to receive guidance from a higher power. And I will write whatever comes. No judgment. Some of it makes sense. Some of it's like, whoa. you know. (laughs) But I will just write and write. And then sometimes I write like one sentence, two sentences. Sometimes it's pages. It just depends. And there's no expectation of how long or how it's supposed to look or what I'm supposed to say. But um, it's a really sweet time. It's interesting what comes onto the pages and a lot of the stuff that has come onto the pages, some of it's just needs to come out. And some of it's like, whoa, this is a nugget for business or this is a nugget in my relationship. I'm going to go ask them about this. And, and then I've gotten a little bit more in depth in the soul writing where I'll ask a specific question about maybe a new hire or a specific question about maybe my daughter or a situation and see what comes up. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing for me. Oh, I love that. And then do you go into mommy mode after that? Yeah. Yeah. Go into massive mommy mode. Nice. And it's it's pretty much full on crouton after that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I've got three little rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) What is one of the most important things that we can do today for our health? Ooh. I think you should tell yourself every day that you are healthy. Speak loving, kind, healthy words to yourselves every day. Love that. 
All right, what is one of the most important things that we can do for our wealth? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Mm, I would get Wallace Waddle's book about money. Read that. I would get Napoleon Hill's book about money. Read that. (laughs) And then I would start declaring, I am abundant. I am financially free every single day. Yeah, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddle is amazing. So we'll link to that in the show notes. It's such a great book. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the last one is, what is one thing we can do for more love? Mm, Forgiveness. Yes, beautiful. So beautiful, so powerful. Danette, this has been so beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to share any last parting words of wisdom? Anything else that you wished I had have asked you about? No, I think this has been really beautiful. And I just want to invite people into their own rise and to remind you that you're enough and that you've always been enough and that we actually need you. We need you to rise up into your fullest expression. And I pray that the book gives you permission to do so. Mm, thank you so much. We will link to it in the show notes. One last question before you go. What is one thing that I personally and the listeners can do to serve you today? I'm a massive believer in service. So how can we serve you today? How can you serve me? Wow. For those of you who have bought the book and it's affected your life, share it and leave a review. The reason I say this is because, not because this book defines my success. For those who have written books, we all know that it does not. But what I do know is that this book has its own wings and it's asked to be written and it's asked to reach people that do not even know who I am. And so it takes a tribe. It takes a tribe of people to share, a tribe of people to leave honest reviews so that people that do not know about it actually find the book, see the book and read the book and transform their lives beautiful. We will absolutely do that. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation and for your time today and for writing and being so vulnerable and having those vulnerability hangovers and sharing your stories. It's been so beautiful connecting with you. Everyone, check out the book. We'll link to it in the show notes. But thank you so much, Danette. You're such an angel and I've absolutely loved this conversation today. Thank you. It's been so fun to be with you. What a sweetheart. I loved today's episode and got so much out of it. I mean, I get so much out of every single episode. And if you do too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Danette and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 165. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Another thing I wanted to mention before I go is that if you haven't got my latest book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex, all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy now. And whilst you're there, you can get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. 
And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, make sure you head on over to iTunes and leave your review right now. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself today and for showing up for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them. Do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.